This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Erev um, we sort of want to have a look at some Rishonim, some Inyanim that have Shaykhs with Rosh Hashanah. There is a Ramban in Vayikra that speaks about the Inyan of Kiyas and Shuas. The Rabbeinu Bechaya does it, the Rabbeinu Bechaya um, explains it. He sort of paraphrases it and says it also over there. The Rabbeinu Bechaya is in Yikra, in Emor, in the Parsha. And I want to use it a little bit to understand the Yana the I'm using Rabbeinu Bechaya because he's a little bit more, he's a little more clear than the Ramban, but it's very similar in the Kudus. Okay. Zichon Trua. The Pasuk calls um, Rosh Hashanah Yev Zichon Trua. So the, the Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, and it, if we look at the Pesukim, Rosh Hashanah is the most mysterious Yantif. The Pesukim give us no inkling of what Rosh Hashanah is. Um, doesn't say anything about it. The, um, and it's interesting, by the way, another note, the, the Yanam of Tekiyas, are written in Parshas Pinchas, as opposed to all the other mitzvahs, Hayom, which are written in Parshas Emor, the, the general rule is Parshas Emor has the Moadim in terms of the specific mitzvahs, whether it's Lulav, whether it's Sukkah, and so on, and Parshas Pinchas is the Karbanis. Um, the exception is Rosh Hashanah. And the Pasuk really, really says nothing about Rosh Hashanah, why we blow, what we blow, how we blow, it either calls it Zichron Trua or Yom Trua, that's all. So Rabbi Nachai says, "V'loibiyalon akasuv v'meti atrua in b'shayfim echatzaytzis." The pasuk did not tell us what makes the trua. Shayfim echatzaytzis. We have two things that make a trua: shayfim echatzaytzis. V'chein tam atrua lama valma. What's the reason for the trua? V'gam lo bi'er shehayoyim azo yomadin. And more than that, we've made such a big deal of it being a yomadin. It doesn't say it. By the way, it doesn't say that it's the beginning of the year either. It doesn't say anything about being the beginning of the year. Um, just uh, says this is a day, the first day of the seventh month. Blow shayfer. V'sasem akosu b'shtei milas elu zichon trua v'samach ala kabbalah. The Torah relied on the mesoras balpe. Kileimasa akosu lachachamim vein kibul shatrua zayis b'shayfer mizir shavu trua trua magav yevul. This is a side point, but a point that it's Kedai to keep making. When people say they live by the Bible, they, a fundamentalist type of person, they are doing that which is wrong. I'll give you a marshal. Um, if somebody publishes a book, um, then we assume that that's what the person meant, and that's what he's saying, and, you know, sometimes there are um, ambiguities, sometimes there are things that were misrepresented, but by and large um, it's, it's a very, very powerful expression of what it is that he wants. However, let's say somebody has notes that he's using for a speech. So, publishing those notes are almost a deliberate distortion of what it is that he believes, because usually th- they are just meant to be little clues, little cues for him to speak from. 
and it's not meant to explain itself. When we say we got two tires, it's not true. We got one tire that has two halves to it. Liharaya. Somebody will come along and, and take a look how um, and, and take a look how the same point is. Um, is it, it, we're looking for one side. It's a chizgemuna. Look, most it's 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 a karsis. Um, somebody will come along to embatch you and say, "Oh, this whole son of thing in Yomadin and Shuvah and things." So the late invention, the Torah doesn't mention a word about it. Nothing. Um, you know, so obviously all this has come on later. That that fact, flip it around and say, well, the Torah has great yontavim, commemorating commemorating very important events, um, Pesach and Shavuos, Sukkot. All of these are are related either to the harvest, they're related to the tribe, related to this, to that, the other thing. Um, comes along on the first day of the seventh month, blow Shafet, and nothing, klum. I mean, was it just kind of, uh, it, obviously, it, it has meaning to it, and the meaning is not written. Don't you see that there must have been a Messiris? If, the t- if we believe that Torah has been a Shemayim, and it only, in the question of the only Torah, didn't they have to, well, the first guy who read the Torah, got it from Moshe Rabbeinu, this guy says, it's a reminder. I mean, all these holidays make a lot of sense. But what's this blowing a ram's horn on the first day of the month? What is the month? What happened to the month? Who who died? Whose yard site is it? I mean, what's going on? It, it, I mean, it, it's it, it, obviously it was given. The, the the Torah was given as one Torah consisting of written points and oral explanations. And why certain things? The, the Mishnah Chagiga says there are certain things. The Mishnah Chagiga, um it divides up the, the relationship between Tarsh of and and there are some things that almost everything is a Pasik and a little bit is Tarsh of There's some things that are completely Tarsh of Besaris, and so on. There are why certain things are this way or the other way. Sometimes there are explanations, sometimes not. We can say a lot of good Jewish, but the bottom line is just this point itself I, I just would like to draw out of it. So, and they were macabre that this Trua is Xer Shavu Trua Trua, Amagabi now, um, how do we know it's a Yom Hadin? So, obviously, it's a Mesoris, because the Torah doesn't mention a thing about it, but it has a remis. So, the word Zikaran is... Um, is din. I want to explain this point. So he says in the word zikaron itself and pekida, in as much as pekida zikaron, you also have a, a remis to um, a yom adin. Um, let's explain this a little bit. We have. Is Pekita up here in the Pesukim, or is it because Pekita is related to Zikaron, that's where we get to Din? Um, it, it, he, he said because Pekita is related to Zikaron, and it's used for Pocket of Onobos. Uh-huh. And Chazal said Pekitainus like a Zikaronus. Now it's Chazal said like a Zikaronus in terms of using it for Pashas of Zikaronus. And, uh, and you see that Tzabah Hatay and so on and so forth. That, that's the way it's coming from. I mean, we do say, we do lay in Shempakar Esara and, and the Pekidas, but this is, but he, he means simply because the word Pekidan and, and Zikaran 
do mean the same thing, and yet we find it on Midas Adin, like I knows. I want to explain this a little bit. Um, the the um, it, without the mid of zikaron, for instance, when a person when, when a person acts through a mid of chesed, so the marshal, um, somebody comes to me and he says, uh, you know, I have a, a need. Could I solicit a donation? If uh, so, I respond yes, no, x amount. When the person comes and tells me, well, last year you gave this this amount, so yes, it's it, that's the way fundraisers fundraise, and people do respond to it, but that's not a liba de emes. That there's no there is no such response. I mean, chesed is spontaneous. It's instantaneous. It deals with the here and the now. Uh, uh, chesed, by its definition, is not engendered by any cause. You didn't do anything that I owe you this. It's not um, I did X amount of work for you and you owe me this amount. But rather, it is um, now I'm in the mood to give. I'm in a giving mood. Um, nothing's mechaib to me. And the, the fact that I gave you less than $1,000 doesn't mean I have to give you this year $1,000 and so on. That those are the attributes of chesed. The attribute of din is the accountability that I need to take all of the past into the chesed. This is how much you've worked. This is how much I've paid you. Um, accountability lies in zikaron. Zikaron is the method of accounting for something. And therefore, if it's a yom of zikaron, the remembrance means that a Baruch Hu, when I remember something that happened and it's not here today, it means because it has a consequence. It's because um, it is uh, it, it's going to um, produce something. It's going to you know that that's the type of thing that uh, Zikaron is. So the so the tells us in Zikaron and in Pikdainis lies the Midas Adin. And why is this so mysterious? Um, more um, than anything else. This is a cloud that Rabbi says it. And he... Um, and he used it many places. It goes as follows. How, in this relationship we said before, Torah itself is one document, partially written, partially oral. How do we decide, uh, how did the Torah decide, the ratio between the written and the, and the oral? So the Kalal is like this. Things that can be expressed more clearly in, in, in words that are shutos mikra, those things are spelled out more. When you write it, you write it for everybody, and the explanation lies on the surface level of the words. When you say something to be understood, kipshuto means on the surface level of the words, and words themselves duly express what the content is. And, th- and those type of things were given to us uh, kipshuto. The things that are hidden, for instance, Olam Haba 
is just about not mentioning the Torah, except Arichus Yamim, the Man Yerichun Yamecha, because Olam Haba, the Ramam says, the Ebenezer says this, these are things that they are not translatable. The, the Hamoinam could not understand it, so it's not just a question of Hamoinam. It doesn't really have words. The Torah itself is mimayit on metaphor. And the words need to be pashit. So those in Yanim that don't have readily pashit words are not given as such. Kinya misses the Tefillin says, Without, without themselves, you wouldn't know what is Tefillin, how many parishes, exactly where you put them, and so on and so forth. Same thing with Tzitzis. Kilosh Naksumi says, the psukim are minimal. Um, we see something. Yom Kippur, we know what it is. And that's the tenth day. And this is the first day of those ten days. Ten is a very important number. The first of those ten is very important. It's appropriate to um, that it not be mefurish. Um, as as um, as deep as something is, as abstruse as abstract something is. That's how little of it, in direct proportion, that that's how little of it is written out. And that's why you don't get much in the Torah, very little about the Olam HaNeshamas. It's not written because it's be, it's be something hidden. The Torah was given to Kaisal as a whole. The Inyan Olamahu and and Olam Haba Yechidim don't get it. Um, not even all the Yechidim get it, and certainly not the general public. The the um, sort of in Rechaya says that we added another knech. He says it on a simple level that on a practical level you don't want to discuss things that people don't know what they're talking about. They don't have any inkling. They don't have any feel for it, any intuition for it. And um, we're saying even more than that, Torah itself has, is pshat. And pshutra mikra can't be written as pshutra mikra. The Torah will not say it. Yes? Rabbi, I mean, if we're talking about Rosh Hashanah and Yom HaDin, I mean, even on a pshat level, I mean, Din is something that most people could relate to. Right. But not... Well, it, but the none of the Din is this worldly Din. In other words, um, we can also say about Om Haba, so it's full of pleasure. But Yitzhak Mitzrayim was a physical event. You guys were working hard, schwitzing, terrible suffering, all of it are realities. The Yom Adin doesn't have any really physical expression to it. I mean, somewhere up in Shemaya, Kodesh Baruch is quote-unquote sitting on a Kisiyah covered, quote-unquote, standing with the Malachim and the Katrigim, quote-unquote. You know, all of it is, is not physical realities. Now he says, um, and just he gives a reason why the Chidim don't understand it. He says, and it's not a question that it's so complicated, but what makes it difficult to understand? He says, just like a fish who goes in water can't understand fire, because it's the opposite of his world. This world of Seichel is the opposite of the world of of Gashmi. 
And somebody physical cannot understand that which is Gashmias. Let's take a very simple example. Um, the, the, let, let's take a little child who wants to come with us to some lecture that somebody's giving. And we tell him, don't come, you're not going to enjoy it. So he says, well, if, if we don't enjoy it, why are you going to? So I'll answer, well, I enjoy it greatly. And the child will say, well, so who says, I won't enjoy it. I enjoy uh, Yankel, he tells stories and they're funny and I can sit for hours and listen, so why can't I come and enjoy what you listen to? And it's very hard for me to describe to the child that I enjoy the depth of what he's saying, the brilliance of, of his approach. It, it, it doesn't, it's not a world that connects anyway. So if you give these terminologies and you make them common, uh, uh, common what you do is you'll degrade it. So people think of Olam Haba in terms of a beach, of air conditioning. If they're physical beings, they trace everything to physical things and that becomes a corruption of it. Okay, so this is all just an introduction, but it's valuable in its own right. So Chazal say that um, is Avram, there are the, uh, Rosh Hashanah the Tki of Rosh Hashanah is a remez for the Midas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ukeshem she Midas HaPachad Lemala Harachmim HaKifin If just like the Midas of Pachad which Gvur or Pachad synonymous the Midas of Rachman surrounds it Shalmole Keno Yemachri Beservas HaOlam Kula Beshal Vaisav it would have destroyed and consumed the world in its fire. Kena trua pshuta lefanei pshuta lachel. Trua is something which must have a pshuta atkiel lefanei atkiel lachel. Vilohoyu toikin trua levada oyner was a kizas netias. And if we would just have a trua, it would be almost kfira kizas netias. Let's lefia derech hazeh hari bekasem ifurish. Let's talk about this because this is really the heart of it and this is the heart of what Ramban says over here and so on. Um, um, what we're doing on Rosh Hashanah is the, avo- the fact that Kashbach is judging us He's judging us. What else can we do? What can we do about it? I mean, you know, the, the evidence is there. Um, the, um, we, we can't delay the case. I mean, what are the tools available for us? Um, the, you know, the, the lawyers are not going to do much. The evidence is photographed. It's, it's videoed. There's, there's, I mean, so what is it? We're being judged. We're being judged. That's it. Um, it's, so fine, we can plead for Rachman, but that, that seems to be a very, very really insignificant thing. I mean, we're sort of pleading for our lives despite the fact that the evidence is stacked against us. It's not, not, it doesn't start as an avoda. It's much deeper than that. The, the, we become partners in Midas Hadin in the following way. Let's say somebody is in school, let's say somebody's in work, 
Let's say somebody's in an environment where someone holds him in and takes him to task and criticizes him. Now, um, our reaction usually is to be defensive, either defensive or to be depressed, kind of. Either we deny it, we don't want to think about it, we accuse the other person, um, or we just uh, sort of dry up, wilt, and get out. Those are the how, that's how we deal with din, because din is very powerful. If somebody comes in and criticizes us, he's devastated us. You know, you're, you're, you're doing a lousy job, you, 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 you know, you're missing out things, you're sloppy, you don't get the point, etc., etc., etc. The Midas Hadin to us is, it's, it's our enemy. In other words, it is the prosecutor. Nothing good about the prosecutor. Um, it, it's, it, it, the, the, the job of Midas Hadin is to find my faults. And meaning, he's there to break me up. He's there to test everything. And it's a lush the Hazal say about an Isayan. It's like you, you take, if you want to take glass and, and test it, Akadosh Bokhu told the Sutton, Sutton, you know, Eov is the best product we ever put out. <coughs> and the Sutton says, well, l- let my lab get to work on him. And, and we'll see very soon the cracks. Put enough pressure, put enough heat, it'll crack. You give me, you know, just, just give me the right facilities and I, I do it for you. So the Sutton is all bad. And Midas Adin, which is the crux of the Bria, Akadosh Baruch created the world Bedin. Um, and the so Midas Adin is really the ruts of Akash Bahu, and it's a very devastating thing. What is, how does one get around Din? So besides the defense and so on, there's another way. Let's say I have a worker. And let's say my criticism is honest. Um, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm not because I hate him particularly, I, I need the work done, and he's not doing very BSC. If the person listens and says, okay, I get it, hey, I would like to be the worker that will do X, Y, and Z, I, I, now that I have the analysis of what I'm doing bad, I'm going to flip around. I'm going to change it. So what he's done is he's made the Midas Hadin part of a larger picture whose, whose goal is actually to do good, to be good, to do good, and Midas Adin becomes part of a much larger picture. And that's a type of worker that usually is even more valuable than the guy who's just straight up good. The person that will take criticism um, honestly and then use it as the tool to sharpen his work, a person has a Talmud. The best Talmud in a certain sense is not the Talmud who's excellent to start with. That's great, but there's nothing, not much happening. But the one that when you point out an issue the person listens, and the person can take it in objectively, and then fix himself based on it. That's a real relationship. So there the criticism is not the definition of the person, but it's the tool to bring the perfection that the person is supposed to be. So our shutfis to midas, our, our approach to midas haddin is the approach of someone um, taking that criticism and using it to build a big picture. There's an oimek to what he's saying that if you have just the Midas Adin, 
you just have, it's almost as if mikat has been tears. Mikat has been a tears is a, um, a phrase that Rishonim used Ramban, to describe a certain type of kfira. Specifically, it's the, the type of kfira that's described is a type of kfira where somebody, um, somebody takes different meters of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, makes them into ends up to themselves and not into um, and, and not into great products. He sort of he, he takes HaKadosh Baruch Hu and becomes an end to itself and takes and becomes an end to itself and so on. I want to explain it specifically here. Mekatsis Benetius means if HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world to destroy it, then Chas V'Shalom, the world is imperfect. Chas V'Shalom, the world is connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, this piece is against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, chuck it out. This piece is not going to stop, chuck it out. That means there are pieces being ripped off the big tree. It means HaKadosh Baruch Hu created things in the world, not that they're not perfect, but they are be'etzim not perfect, which means they're not part of the divine will or plan. That is tantamount to kfira. What we do is we take the Midas Hadin and understand it as part of a bigger picture. The world is something that's perfecting itself, and the perfection of itself is really... um, is 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 really what the world's about. Akadosh Baruch Hu has a rutzen of perfection, of good of perfection. That's the tekiah. That rutzen, that will doesn't come out. And the the at first glance, the imperfections, the first set of imperfections, are pointed out to midas adin. And when the person's metakin it, he gets the other midas There's a beautiful story from the Breslova. The Breslova's stories, most of them are very complex and very difficult stories. Um, they're metaphors and um, but there's one one of the small stories that are really, really is an awesome marshal. It goes like this. A king once sent his son to, for seven years to learn a trade. Um, an art, let's call it. Yes, kings don't go for trades, they go for arts. And he sent him to, he come back after seven years and the king asked him, okay, my son, what did you learn? He said, he learned how to make lamps, chandeliers, lamps. So he said, fine, let's see an example. So he, he makes a lamp, and then he calls in the people of the kingdom to look at the lamp and to give, and to, to give uh, you know, critique, or to, to say what they think about it. I guess he must have been a very benevolent king because people were not afraid to say. After there was a showing, and everybody went through it, they, he, the son asked the father, no, what did everybody say? So I'll tell you the truth, they didn't really care for it. They found fault with the lamp. So the son asked the father, tell me, did they find, did everyone point out the same fault? Or everyone found a different fault? So the father said, you know, come to think of it, everybody had found a different fault. So he said, so that's proof that the fault is not in the lamp, but in each and every person himself. It's a projection of his own fault onto the lamp. Is there, is there a better lamp? He said, let them go home now. Work on the particular fault that they pointed out. They'll come back, they'll see that the lamp is perfect. And then he concluded and said, is there a better lamp in the world than the one that can 
shine, illuminate your faults. That's the story. In other words, um, the, the sense the, that I want to draw from the story is that the Midas Hadin is there as a way to take a world which has potential to be perfect and it will end up being perfect. The, uh, and, and the music of the criticism, we're afraid to criticize because either we, we're oblivious, that's really bad, or people don't know what to do with it. They just, you know, you've tried a few times to, to, to change, and don't change, so we just disregard it. But understanding Rosh Hashanah is we to din with the attitude that um, our potential is perfection, and this is just a step onto a road of perfecting ourselves. There's a very nice story. Rameh Chodesh was was mashkiach in heaven. He was mashkiach, mashkiach, ultimate mashkiach. And he once called in a bach. The, the person himself tells over the story, and he told him, you know, you, I, I think you should be learning a lot more shtaka. So the person made some effort. He calls him back next week and he says, you know, you're learning better and stronger, but there's no real oomph in that learning. It's it's kind of fine. You you put a few more patches on it. He called him back the next time and he says, listen, if nothing changes after this third time, then I will regretfully have to conclude that you're not a person that understands criticism and I will never ever criticize you again. I'm warning you. And that really shook up the Bacha. But that's the attitude. In other words, Din is powerful and Din needs to be done, it needs to illuminate with no punch is pulled, and it needs to be as, as, uh, as uh, frank and as candid and as brilliant as, as it can be, but the person needs to understand where it's coming from, where it's going to. It's a yoyim of trua, but it's zichron trua. In, in, this, in this context, they're using on a pashat level, zichron is, is, is did. On a deeper level, the zichron is the humiliating factor. It's what connects the midas hadin with the previous, so the person understands the shamash nasata be tahoyrihi, that was, vataosid many is what will be. Those are perfect, those are divine. In the middle, the process requires that to be megala the, the cracks and the flaws, to be attacking them, and then we and then we come, then we bring out the perfection that was there all the time. Shana teva tegasevach um, uh, I could keep bench here.